I had a vision of what I would be like as a parent. I was going to be so relaxed, laid back, you know, whatever. <laughs> and working in childcare, you see how other parents do it. And, you know, you're like, oh, I like the way they do it. Or I don't like the way they do it. And I'm completely nothing like I thought I would be. Nothing like I thought I would be. <laughs> in today's episode, we discuss having a premature baby during the height of the pandemic and then choosing to be a stay-at-home mom. That's coming up on this episode number 15 of the Living Her Legacy podcast. Hello, I'm Jill Sutton and welcome to Living Her Legacy, a podcast that features heart-to-heart conversations between mamas who are navigating everything that changes after having children. Right now, let's give ourselves grace to change, to let go of what no longer serves us and unapologetically take up space. This knowing and owning our self-worth is the key to living a fulfilled life, our best life. Don't just leave a legacy, live one. You may have missed out on free shipping, but you can still get 20% off your purchase site-wide at Plain Products using my code JILL20. That's jill two zero. Plain Products creates bath and beauty products that are cruelty-free, vegan, and made with natural ingredients only. They also come in aluminum bottles with a prepaid return shipping label. So when you finish your bottle, you can send it back for them to sanitize and refill. Just this week, they hit a huge milestone of eliminating over 500,000 plastic bottles from landfills and oceans. As a mama of a child with sensitive skin, Plain Products has taken the worry out of bath time. It also makes my heart so happy that my kids are able to take an active part in recycling and reducing waste. The link is in the show notes and don't forget to use code Jill20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase site-wide. Hello and welcome to Living Her Legacy podcast, where we celebrate and serve mamas who are living their best life after starting their family. Thank you for joining for episode 15. As always, come connect with me on Instagram at Jill G. Sutton and Living Her Legacy podcast. You can click the link in the show notes. This way, we can have more of a two-way conversation. If you listen on Spotify, you can also leave comments there. Today, I'm blessed to talk with Brittany Hilliard. She and her husband became pregnant shortly after moving out of state from their family. Medical complications caused her to have an emergency induction, and their daughter was born six weeks early during the height of the pandemic. After an isolating recovery, they made a decision that Brittany would not return to work as originally planned but stay home and raise their daughter. This was such a refreshing conversation. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Brittany, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I am so excited that you're here. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and just let them know who you are, maybe where you're from and what you do. So I am Brittany. I am originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, My husband and I recently, a year ago, moved to Raleigh, North Carolina with our soon-to-be three-year-old. I am currently a stay-at-home mom. Prior to becoming a stay-at-home mom, I was working in childcare, mainly with infants, but with all different ages. So definitely love both aspects of it, both jobs. This is by far my favorite one so far, being a stay-at-home mom. My hardest, but my favorite. I was going to say, I had a short stint of being a stay-at-home mom um, during 2020 with my, she was two at the time, and that was hard. That was very difficult for me. It's definitely hard. (laughs) Yes, I loved it, but I had a lot of (laughs) self-realizations. 
about yeah. my own personality and who I was as a person and how I parented. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely, it's, it's crazy. You just don't really think about your parenting before becoming a parent. I had a vision of what I would be like as a parent. I was going to be so relaxed, laid back, you know, whatever. <laughs> and working in childcare, you see how other parents do it. And, you know, you're like, oh, I like the way they do it. Or I don't like the way they do it. And I'm completely nothing like I thought I would be nothing like I thought I would be. <laughs> that is so funny. And you had a lot of examples of parent styles. I did. I did. I wouldn't say that I'm strict, but I definitely run off of a schedule. We live off of a schedule. Even this meeting is during her nap time. That's when I get all my work done that I need to do for me personally. Um, we live off of a schedule. We do not go off of that schedule. Very rare that that's, we do. Oh my goodness. I think that's good though. I mean, especially you guys are both at home. She will, she's not going to be in school yet, but I mean, just to kind of organize your day. I think that's great. Yes, definitely. It works for us. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has their method. This one definitely works for us. It keeps us both sane. Even my husband, he is hybrid. So he, you know, goes to work three days a week and stays home two days a week. So it's just nice to know what's coming next for both Mm -hmm. of us, for all Mm -hmm. of us. (laughs) Let's talk about your journey to becoming a parent. So I became a parent in 2020. We originally moved from Charlotte in 2019. We moved to Virginia and not even a month after we moved, we got pregnant. We had been trying to get pregnant and just so happened right after we moved to Virginia. So that was hard to begin with having our first child right after we've moved five and a half hours away from family. We had her in March of 2020. We were actually out of town when that happened. We were driving back to Virginia and um, I started bleeding in the car and we had to go to our nearest hospital, which was in Greensboro, North Carolina. So she was born in Greensboro, North Carolina. And while we were in the hospital, um, this was all during COVID, of course. So the host, everything went on lockdown while we were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't really see family, see friends. No one could see her. When she got out of the hospital two weeks later, the drive back to Virginia was four hours long. Of course, that was tough. For about the first six months of her life, we only allowed my mom and my husband's mom to travel to Virginia to come and see her. My husband and I literally didn't go anywhere the first year just with COVID having a premature baby she was born six weeks early we were very sheltered it was a different experience than I definitely imagined it would be it was I think that was the hardest part for both me and my husband all of our families as well so the journey to actually getting there that was tough something none of us saw coming could have predicted anything like that it was wild I knew she was early. I didn't realize it was six weeks. That's pretty significant. She was six weeks early. Yeah. I had preeclampsia, um, which was like, I had my blood pressure was really high. The reason I went to the hospital was the bleeding. Mm-hmm. And then once I was in the hospital, they were like, your blood pressure is through the roof. I don't even remember what it was, but it was super hot. So they stopped the bleeding. They had to monitor me personally for a week because I was bleeding. And then at the end of that week, I was supposed to go home on Sunday. On Saturday, my blood pressure had went back up. It had gone down. 
and it went back up and they told me it's no longer safe to keep the baby inside. So I had to be induced that Monday, which was the 23rd in Greensboro. (laughs) So (laughs) it was just so much going on. I just, it's a time that you just, you can't forget. Even being in the NICU for two weeks, um, my husband and I, you had the ability to stay at the hospital in the NICU room. They had like rooms for the baby. So you had the ability to stay there and we were there 90% of the time. Um, We also got a hotel because my husband had recently started a new job. We had just moved. (laughs) So he did not have paternity leave yet. Hmm. So he was able to thank goodness work from his laptop from the hospital or from the hotel room. So we had a hotel room. It's like 10 minutes away from the hospital and he would go back and forth to work. I was pumping around the clock. She wasn't breastfeeding yet. So I was pumping around the clock just at the hospital around the clock. You can't go out to eat. You can't go visit family. You can't do anything. Everything was shut down. So (laughs) It was tough. And, you know, everybody's asking like, oh, what can we do? Is there anything we can do? And there's really nothing anyone could do except, you know, pray for us, keep us in your thoughts and prayers. It was a tough time. So being there for a total of three weeks, because I was there a week, and then she had to stay in the NICU for two weeks. So yeah, getting all that and then traveling, we did go back to Virginia at one point after she was born while she was still in the NICU. We had just had our baby shower, which is where we were traveling back home to. So we had all the gifts in our car. (laughs) So we, yeah, we had the gifts in like the hotel room. So eventually we took a day, took the gifts, got all the baby stuff set up, whatever we were missing, we had to buy real quick. And then we went right back to Greensboro to be with the baby. Again, I was pumping around the clock. So it was just, it's a, it's a blur (laughs) at the same time, how everything just happened. It was definitely crazy is not the word for it. (laughs) I can't even imagine. I know I had Esme in September of 2020, but with her being my second and we went past full term. I didn't have a lot of those surprises along the way. So I can't, I mean, in March, everything was still really unknown as far as what was going on. So definitely not the birth plan you probably had in mind. Not Um, at all. But she's healthy. She is. She's healthy. She's happy. She's definitely way smarter than I could have imagined. I struggle. Like, what am I going to teach you next? She just catches on to everything so quickly. I applaud myself as well, because I'm just like, I always wonder if she's missing out, not going to school or being a stay at home mom. I try to give her that socialization. We get out of the house a lot. We go outside a lot. We go to play spaces and gyms and stuff like that. I eventually probably will put her in preschool, but you know, I just wonder, am I doing enough? Is she okay? Is she missing out? She proves to me time and time again that she's doing good. She's on track. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to do my best to do what I need to do. So we're getting there together. Yeah. With you being a care provider beforehand, I feel like you probably had a lot of resources and tools as far as developmental stages and things like that. I know you said you specialize more in infants, but I'm sure you were around it enough to kind of see. So that's really fun. When did you decide that you wanted to be a stay-at-home mom? You know, the decision was kind of made for me. (laughs) When we moved in July of 2019, I quit my job so we could move for my husband's job in the midst of me looking for another job in Virginia is when I got pregnant. 
So we were like, at that point, all right, it doesn't make sense for me to get a job if I'm going to take time off in several months for maternity leave. So I didn't look for a job once I got pregnant. And then, of course, after I had the baby, COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wasn't going to get a job. We didn't want to put her in daycare during all of that. And then after a while, it just kind of got to a point where it was like, wow, I'm able to be a stay-at-home mom. We're able to afford this. It works for us as far as scheduling. We can still take trips and do this and do that. It was never anything that was on my mind. I want to be a stay-at-home mom or anything like that. It wasn't anything we planned. It just kind of happened. And then once we were in it, it was like, this works. (laughs) In my mind, way before I became a mom, I thought to be a stay-at-home mom, you have to be a millionaire. You've got to be rich to be a stay-at-home mom. (laughs) So I'm like, there's no way I could ever be a stay-at-home mom. We're nowhere close to millionaires. But, you know, it just got to a point where it worked. And we were like, we'll just keep it going as long as it works. So it works for us. I know that childcare, daycare centers, preschools are super expensive. (laughs) So I know that firsthand. So yeah, I just take what I learned working in childcare and definitely apply it at home. It just kind of happened, was not planned, was not pre-thought out. It Mm. was just what we had to do. And then once it was working, that's the way it stayed. What would you say your favorite thing about being a stay-at-home mom is? My favorite thing about being a stay-at-home mom, I think it's kind of similar to what my favorite thing about working in childcare was. I love the teaching aspect of it. I love watching what I put together for them come to life and then just learning things and it clicking and it's like, oh, I get that or I can do that. That is my ultimate favorite part. It's just knowing that I have an influence in the things that you learn, the things that you'll apply to your everyday life. That's got to be definitely my favorite part. Everybody's so impressed with how independent Gigi is. So they're like, wow, she knows how to do that. And she knows this and that. And so that's definitely my favorite part is just seeing it come to life with her and, you know, other people being impressed by her knowing all these things as well. What would you say the hardest part about being a stay-at-home mom is? (laughs) Um, So the hardest part about being a stay-at-home mom I guess for me personally is I, I don't get to clock in and out. You know, my husband, he goes to work and he comes home from work. Um, and even when he comes over and takes over for me with Gigi, he's very great about doing that. You know, I still have housework I have to do. I have to take a shower. I have to wash my hair. I have to do laundry. So it's really just the job is never done. And it's so, and that's why I say this is the hardest job that I've ever had because it's like, you know, you go to work, you clock in, you clock out and you're done. And now I'm just like, I work 24 seven. And then it's like, I get off work to go to sleep, wake up and then go back to work. So that's if you get a full night's sleep. (laughs) Exactly. Which is also rare. Yeah. (laughs) So that's definitely got to be the hardest part is just like finding time for me with two moves 
in the past few years, we're kind of getting into a rhythm of finding time for me and time where I can maybe go take a girl's trip here or go get my nails done here and just truly like get away, have some me time and just drawing those lines, kind of having a start and stop time and making time for relaxation, unwinding, things like that. Even my husband and I having date nights because we don't have family that lives close to us. Everybody's at least two and a half hours away. So just scheduling, you know, date nights. It's like, we're not going to get a date night every week. It has to be very planned out. Either we're going to go to Charlotte or someone's going to come here. So that's got to be one of the hardest parts is just managing that time for me. I'd love to hear what does your morning routine look like? So we are scheduled, but at the same time, pretty lax. And that sounds a little confusing. (laughs) I let her sleep in to whatever time she sleeps in. She normally wakes up early. There's no sleeping in around here. (laughs) So these days she's up between 7 and 7.30. I get her dressed, brush her teeth, do her hair. We come downstairs and have breakfast. I'm not a great cook specifically not with breakfast so she usually has oatmeal or toast or some breakfast crackers some fruit something simple for me to put together I am also doing better about working on me I used to not be a breakfast eater at all so I've gotten better about eating an English muffin or some toast or something like that in the morning after she's sitting down eating and I'll make my coffee after that I kind of incorporate learning while she's playing She's not very focused. She's two. So whatever we're playing with, I try to incorporate colors or numbers. She's learning her emotions right now and seasons. So she has like a little preschool playbook that she loves to do. So we just do that up until probably about 1030. And then I'll let her watch a little TV while I get her lunch ready. She eats lunch around like 11, 15. Mm-hmm. She has lunch. She goes to bed. Her naps are getting irregular now. So she sleeps about an hour and a half to two hours sometimes, depends on the day. I usually just rest during that time. I try not to do anything. I don't do dishes, nothing. I try to rest as much as I can or just play on my phone. I'm just something for me, my me time. I used to spend that time trying to get things done And I was just realizing you're not getting any rest throughout the day. You're going, 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 and you're not getting any rest. So during her nap time, I try to just rest, unless there's something like pressing that needs to be done. And then in the afternoon, we usually use that time once she wakes up. I'll give her a snack. We'll maybe run some errands, maybe go outside. We're pretty chill the rest of the day. Um, Any like preschool learning that I'm going to do is going to be in the morning or if we go to a play space trampoline park whatever it's going to be in the morning in the afternoon it's pretty chill we'll go outside we'll maybe play some more run some errands whatever we need to do that day and then um probably around 4 4 30 she'll watch tv again while I start dinner um I try to have dinner ready soon after Garrett gets home from work he gets home around five And we all have dinner together. That's always my goal is for us to have dinner together. Doesn't always work out that way, but I try to have us all have dinner together. Garrick usually spends his time with her mainly when he gets home from work and I'll do whatever I need to do around the house. 
And then after she goes to bed, we typically give her a bath together around 7.30. She's in the bed sleeping by, well, not sleeping, but she's in the bed by 8. <laughs> and then I use that time <clears throat> to watch my TV shows. Again, something for me. And I go to bed pretty early since she wakes up pretty early. So I'm usually in bed by 10, asleep by 11 most nights. And then just as far as housework, I've, she's gotten into the habit of just like doing it with me. So I did laundry today. She loves getting the stuff out of the washing machine, putting it into the dryer with me and like putting clothes into the washing machine. She likes to push the buttons. So I teach her which buttons to push. So I try to get my housework done with her so that when she's sleeping or she's down, I can truly use that time for myself. And it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes I still have things to do after she goes to bed. But for the most part, that's how we try to do it. Weekends, of course, when Garrett's home, we try to have him do the bulk of the work. He's mom that weekend. <laughs> and I just spend that time either just doing whatever I want to do. We maybe do some family stuff. You know, all of our family, my parents, his parents, they're all in Charlotte. So some weekends we do travel to Charlotte or they'll travel here. Trying to spend more time with friends and things like that on the weekends. So that's how our, what our schedule looks like. Is very similar to the, well, the weekends when I have the girls at home because they both go to daycare, but my two-year-old is on pretty much the same schedule. They do wake up maybe an hour before yours do, but only because cool. we have to get them to daycare before yeah work right. begins. Makes but, sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the question of what does it mean to you to be living in your legacy? So, you know, I've been learning a lot about myself and things that my family valued when I was growing up and even my husband's family valued growing up. And, you know, my husband and I will sit and discuss things that we want to pour into Gigi. So I, I think that's our biggest thing that we try to focus on is just what we want to pass down in our legacy. So just having Gigi respect herself, have boundaries. And for me, that's what it's all about is just my motherhood and what I'm pouring into my child and just finding that balance. I would say those are my biggest ones is being intentional about what I'm passing on to her. What do you feel changed the most after having a baby? Definitely just relationships in general, relationships with our friends, relationships with our family. I think that I had a vision of what it would be like me being a parent and I also think everyone else had their vision of what I would be like as a parent and I think we were all wrong <laughs> so I, I think with our families mainly you know I worked in childcare, so I knew for the most part what needed to be done how to care for a baby all that jazz I was still a new mom and I still needed some help it was very different than working in childcare. Having your own child is very different. So I think our families probably expected us to lean on them a little more than we did. And not that we didn't need our families because we 1000% did. My mom stayed for about two weeks when we came home from the hospital and my husband's mom came shortly after. So much appreciated, much needed. But yeah, I just think what they thought our parenthood journey would be like 
versus what it actually was, was very different. And so that kind of changed the dynamic of a lot of relationships. A lot of friendships took a toll. We weren't able to spend time. And that was partially because of me becoming a mother and partially because of COVID, Mm -hmm. partially because we moved (laughs) two times in between. So it was hard to not only keep friendships afloat, but also make new friendships. We've only been here in Raleigh for a year and I'm trying to come back to Charlotte a little more and reconnect and things like that. And even my husband, you know, he has a few friends here in Raleigh and he doesn't get to see them as often because you get into the routine, you know, bedtime and spending time with the family on the weekends. You just don't have a lot of time with friends. And a lot of his friends don't have kids. So it's just hard to understand or make time and things like that. So a lot of just relationships in general took a toll after we had a baby. And I think that's something we're still working on navigating. How do we fix certain friendships? Do we want to fix certain friendships? How do we better our relationships with our parents and our siblings and things like that? You know, people grow up and you know, people change. They're different than the people they were in high school or in college or fresh out of college. When you become a parent, it's just different. Some people get that and some people don't. Some people grow with you and some people grow apart. So that's just something we are actively working on figuring out with everyone in our life right now, pretty much. So it's definitely tough, just that relationships aren't what they used to be. It's very different. And just getting other people to understand that as well is very tough. Yeah. I like what you said there, as far as like, some people are going to get it and some people aren't and like, everybody has their own process and some people are far from, you know, the childhood years or maybe don't want children. And it might take some time for them to kind of like, oh, this is why they were that way. You know, it might take Mm -hmm. a while for them to kind of realize those changes, but I definitely feel like having my kids changed me so much. And it is hard. It is hard kind of staying connected with people that are at different life stages. It's just the priorities are different. Uh, Timeline is different. Just like you said, you know, you have bedtime, then what do you do? Like no one's going to go out after that. You know, you got to stay home with your kids. So that is one thing we've kind of talked about it on the podcast before where adult relationships really do kind of suffer after having kids. And it's, it's, finding a way to maintain those, make new friends that are in the new phase of life. And that, and that does happen the more, you know, you try to get involved with other things too. And I know with us for daycare, I mean, that's kind of helped build in some parent relationships, but it's hard. It's a really hard thing to navigate. (laughs) And I think that I equally take fault in some of the relationships that have took a plunge with COVID. I, you know, I tell Garrick, I feel super guilty about it, but it's like, we knew we were being very sheltered with COVID. We didn't want to be around anybody. Some people took chances, you know, they would visit friends or family or whatever. We didn't want to take any chances with our premature baby. So we literally stayed home for the first year. And in my mind, I had the thought that like, all right, I have no plans on seeing anybody. So why reach out? And you know, now looking back at it, I'm like, that wasn't right. I shouldn't have done that. That's probably why half my friendships are gone. But it was just like, I'm taking care of my kid right now. We're staying home. This is what it is right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now, even now I try to be more intentional 
about like, all right, yes, I'm at home. I'm taking care of my kid. We're in our routine and our day to day, but let me still reach out and just say, Hey, how are you doing? How are things mm-hmm. going? I try to be active on social media. I'm not really a social media person, but that's where my connections are with even some not so close friends and acquaintances. So it's like, oh, let me like a picture or comment on this picture and just let you know, like, I see you, I'm still here, that type of thing. I just want to make sure that I don't push myself out. Someone else pushes me out, then, you know, that's that. But I want to make sure I'm still like letting it be known that I'm here, I see you, that type of thing. And just be there for other people the way that I would want someone to be there for me. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? With Gigi's difficult birth, we've definitely contemplated if we want more or not. We think that we might want to give her a sibling. We're still undecided. So maybe putting one more into the bunch and I, you know, I don't even have another kid yet, but I still have this guilt that, all right, I gave Gigi this time with me staying home with her. If we have another one, I need to give them the same. And it's like, am I willing to prolong my future career for another child? So thinking about that too. So in five years, I think we do want to have another one. I will most likely stay home for two to three years with another child before I would start a career. I definitely have been home thinking about what's next. I do not want to re-enter the childcare field, but I do want to keep the aspect of children in my career. So just researching, you know, what I would need to do in the education, further education, certifications that I'll need to get, things like that. So definitely maybe with one more kid, we're not moving from Raleigh. We're not going anywhere else. (laughs) We've had enough moves. So we'll definitely be here. We're close enough to family where we can take a day trip if we need to be. Hopefully successful and, you know, still in our routine, making things work, flourishing in friendships and family. And I think that's where the next five years for us starting a new career for me. I want to thank you for showing up today and being authentically you. The most costly thing you can do is be yourself. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining today. Check the show notes for any links that may have been brought up during the episode. Are you ready to start some spring cleaning? You are not going to want to miss out on next week's episode with Kim Norton, a professional organizer. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified when that episode is released. My mission is to encourage you in that whatever season you are in, you can live with purpose and fulfillment. I want every mama to feel empowered with the ability to create change in order to be living your best life. A wonderful, free, and easy way to support this podcast is to follow and subscribe. What that does for you is bookmarks this podcast at the top of your page wherever you listen to your podcast. It will also update to show you the latest episode released. What that does for me is it gives me the chance to be ranked in the podcast charts. Please also leave a star rating or a review. Not only does this help boost the credibility of the podcast, it also helps new listeners get a better understanding of the show. Plus, it gives me feedback on how I can make the show more enjoyable for all of you. There is a chance that I may read your review on a future episode. As a reminder, new episodes will be posted every Thursday. If you're interested at all on being on the podcast, please check out jillgsutton.com 
slash podcast. I'd love to have you on the show. Your voice can change the world.